Hi. Hi. How are you? Welcome back. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm good. How are you? All right. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> what the fuck? Are you sure? Have you, seen, have you seen that TikTok of that guy who's just like absolutely stoned on the side yes. of the road? He's like, how are you? He's like, oh, I'm good. That's you right now. <laughs> but I'm not stoned. I promise I'm not. That's you right now. No. <laughs> I'm fine. Okay. How are you? Oh, you already asked me. Answered that? Yes, I did. I also asked, but okay. What's good. New? I'm good. You're fine. Here we are. Well, I just got done working out and I am like very tired. Like I'm really thirsty, but I can't even get myself to reach for my water bottle right now. I'm having coffee and it's 9.15 at night. Well. And then I'm probably going to go straight to fucking bed. <laughs> Why? Because I'm an addict. ADHD. You think? If you can drink a Red Bull and then, or like caffeine and go right to bed with no fucking problems. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure I've diagnosed our entire coven with ADHD. Yeah. I think that's why we all like each other. Oh. Yeah. We can't stay on track long enough to hate each other. <laughs> I'm like, I forgot why I was mad. I'm so mad at you. I don't remember why. <laughs> um, No, I'm good. I actually had a really good weekend. It's... Uh, my first weekend that I haven't had my kids for an entire weekend in like over a year. Yeah. Um, that wasn't like way pre-planned. Um, and so I went to Rapid and I had like a little date night that was planned for me, which is like never happened. It's not mm -hmm. just like, let's go to dinner. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Like it was all planned. And so we went wine tasting, which I've never done. And then we went to dinner and then we went to this little tap room called Poor 54 in Rapid. Have mm -hmm. you ever been? Mm -mm. We're fucking going. <laughs> okay. So you literally walk in and there's like, they give you a bracelet. Mm -hmm. And the bracelet has like a little thingy. It looks like a button on top. Um, and there's like 54 different taps. And so you just walk around and you tap your bracelet to what you want. And then you pour your own beer. Oh, so then it just like charges it? Or it what? charges it by ounce. And so you can just have like as many as you want. Of whatever different kinds you want. And you just pour yourself beer and then you mingle and you hang out and they have like all sorts of snacks, but we didn't get snacks. I found myself just getting like little tastes so I could try a bunch of different stuff. Mm -hmm. By a bunch, I mean four. So total, I probably had like three drinks all night. Did you get to go to your pumpkin thing? Yeah. By the time we got there, um, the pumpkin chunkin had already happened. <laughs> So we didn't what <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> it's like literally little kids throwing pumpkins. Um, and they had already put away like the big, big pumpkins, but we got a picture in front of one giant pumpkin. And then it was just like the little vendors. Pumpkin chunkin'. Mm -hmm. I didn't do a whole lot this weekend. I was on call. Um, and I just hung out. That's about it. Oh, whoa. Jeez. Then just been working. Yeah. Dude, our call has been cuckoo the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. It's fine. I've actually spent the last a million hours studying because I graduate in December. Yes! Uh, so I have an oral exam at the end of October where we literally go over the last two and a half years worth of work. So like that stack of note cards you see right there, mm -hmm. that huge stack that's purple and yellow, mm -hmm. there are 14 categories that I have to study from. That's the first two. 
Holy fuck, dude. I don't have any doubt in my mind that you're not going to do well, though. I think the hardest part is, like, I have to know different types of research and what they're used for. And I have to know, like, multiple developmental theories and multiple Mm -hmm. theories of counseling. And so it's just going to be, like, like remembering all of that stuff. Because all those classes I took so fucking long ago. But, yeah. So there's that. And then I had to create a website for an e-portfolio, which, you know. Not my forte. Yeah. I hate technology. Doesn't sound like, I mean, it sounds like you've been, you sh- it looked good. Sent you. Sense. Don't you ever think otherwise, you big fucking noodle. Don't talk to me about imposter syndrome. The fuck are you talking about? You're like queen noodle. <laughs> I am the queen. <laughs> I am the noodle queen. You are queen noodle and I'm noodle apprentice. Like that's just you're my joker. What? Hmm? Like a jester? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. Like a rigatoni. A rigatoni? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a rigatoni. What if I want to be linguini? School for me has been fine. I think. Yeah. Are yeah. you are you sure? Um, yeah, I'm yeah. I was struggling last week. Sometimes I like forget that like I actually have classes instead of like just an internship. Mm-hmm. And then like my friend texted me and she's like, oh my God, did you get this done? And I was like, no, no. She's like, well, what about this? And I was like, still no, still no. And it was all due this weekend. So I was like oh, fuck. homework crazy this weekend, which is fine. Needed to happen. Yeah. That's kind of the nice part about being on call is when, like, you don't get a lot of calls, but you can't really go anywhere or do anything, so you just Mm -hmm. have, like, fucking homework. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dude, I don't know what I'm going to do. You either, because you graduate in May, right? Yep. What are we going to do when we don't have homework anymore? Fucking the same thing I'm doing now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Because clearly I'm not doing it. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's about it. It's been, my last week was crazy. I was crazy with clients and then there was a million crises and. Gosh, yes. Crisis has been crazy. Oh God. I'm excited for this next week. So like I took call today so our boss could go to her daughter's, uh, tournament, but. Mm -hmm. I have this whole week to where I'm not on call and my, my client. Oh, oh, client. My quiet stuff isn't too crazy. So. You okay? No. No, I'm not. Anyway. I'm just listening to you talk while I doodle. So that's how this is going to go? <laughs> okay, let's go to mom. No, wait, wait, what? wait. What? Oh, now you have something to say. Something important is happening. Huh. Dog the Bounty Hunter. Oh, fuck. Is searching for Brian Laundry, which we haven't even talked about yet because it's just kind of been crazy and it all happened so fast. Well, so the Gab- Gabby Petito case is huge right now. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. So essentially, Gabby was um, on like a cross country trip with her boyfriend, Brian Laundry, and fiance. Was it fiance? Um, 
And then she went missing and then they found her body. And now police footage is being released, which I'm sorry, if you've seen that footage, that is not the face of a girl who's crying because she just got in a fight. No, she's terrified. Yeah. So I saw, I mean, I saw one thing um, where it said that there's like a a nationwide nationwide symbol that you can do. Like if you're in a, yeah, Mm -hmm. if you're in a domestic situation for help. Mm -hmm. And they say that like she did that. I have been looking at like a lot of posts where there's like pictures of Brian next to Chris Watts. You told me about that. And they look the exact fuck. Like they look absolutely remorseless. No fucking. Right. Well, and there's a video too of like Brian laughing behind the car when they're talking about Gabby, maybe getting a domestic charge. He's like laughing and he's like, Oh, she's crazy. Right. And like making buddies with the cops. Anyway, what were you saying about dog bounty hunter? He's looking for him. (laughs) (laughs) He's looking for him, which is like great. Like, okay. I'm a big dog. The bounty hunter fan. I am a slut for dog. The bounty hunter. And it's crazy. This dude's been through a lot, dude. Like, this dog has been in fucking, like, Mexican prison. (laughs) Like, crazy shit. Like, he will go at no end until he finds whoever he's looking for. So, so that's probably a good thing. I mean, better watch out, Brian. Watch out, Brian. Dog's coming for you. Dog the bounty hunters. That's what we should be for Halloween. I'm just saying. (gasps) Dog and Beth? Yeah. I could be Beth. Does that mean I have to be dog? Chelsea. Are you? you, Do you think you could be fucking Beth? I don't know. I don't really know her very well. Google image her right now as we speak. Well, I don't want to do that because then I I lose my research. You're going to be research. Okay. You talk to, you talk to mom and I'll. (laughs) Okay. Mom's corner. There's a lot of shit this week. I think she might've been like sad and lonely. Um, She saw Chris at Walmart. Did she? Mm -hmm. Were they friends? So one of them is like the power of positivity and Dr. Rebecca Ray talks about sitting with your feelings. Oh yeah. My titties don't even like, (laughs) we have to put that picture on the Instagram. So fun fact. Her titties are massive. Yeah. So holy balloons. I have. (laughs) Jesus. Well, okay. Be respectful. She's dead. Mm. Um, insert foot in mouth. Um, my stepbrother is um, special needs. He's mentally handicapped. And he's about, I want to say, like, in his upper 30s and has, like, the mind of, like, maybe a seven-year-old, an eight-year-old, maybe. Um, <laughs> he's so funny. And one time he leaned over to my stepdad and he goes, your girlfriend looks like Beth. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I look. My sister and I like looked at my mom and we were like, what did he say? And she's like, dog's wife. (laughs) Oh my God. Since then, my mom has been known as Beth Chapman. Got it. Okay. On to Dr. Rebecca Ray. Um, This talks about sitting with hard emotions and it just says, sit with it, sit with it, sit with it. Even though you want to run, even when it's heavy and difficult, even though you're not quite sure why it's happening, healing happens by feeling. Mm. Um, and then her next one is, did you know, Christina of Sweden was a 17th century monarch who ruled as a king born covered in hair. She had a cry so deep that everyone thought she was a boy. 
Happy to learn she was a girl, her father decreed she would have the education of a prince and made her his heir. She inherited the throne at the age of six and ruled for years as a blunt, unmarried lady king who often disguised herself as a man for political and safety reasons. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That's, the rest of it, is it's very long and I'm not going to read that. Hmm. Anyway, so this is our last day, week, week of Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. Yep. There's like a million things we wanted to talk about. And a million of those things that didn't happen. And a million guests we wanted to have on that couldn't make it. Yeah. One of them had to go and get COVID. Which, might I add, she was sitting on my couch. Do you have COVID? On Friday. They even fucking tell me she was sick, that bitch. She doesn't feel sick. Like, I went and saw, like, I went and dropped off soup and stood far enough away and she was wearing, like, a really fancy mask. Um... And I was like, how are you feeling? She's like, dude, I'm fine. And she's like, I just can't taste or smell. <laughs> like, she doesn't feel sick. Like, like, she was sitting on my couch and we were chilling one day. And then the next day, she's like, I have COVID. I'm like, fuck. You're like, of course you do. Well, there's that. Anyways, we wanted to utilize her. But, you know, that's not happening. So here we are. Although, good segue. <gasps> You're right. Are you okay? Well, I was I was still thinking about what we were going to talk about with her. Oh, okay. And so I was like, why is this a good segue? I was like, I don't understand why you're confused here. What are, what are we talking about, Dan? Oh, my God. <laughs> they are like, what the fuck is our problem? I don't even know. Just don't make eye contact. Um, we are talking about COVID-19 and suicidal ideation. Um, so I actually have a report from the CDC and that's where most of my information comes from. Do you hear a fucking thumper in the background? Do, can you like, <laughs> oh, God. Do <laughs> you want to read that one? Read the data. <clears throat> okay, so during late June, 40% of U.S. adults reported struggling with mental health or substance use. So 31% are with depression and anxiety symptoms. 26 is tr- trauma-related symptoms. Um, 13% started or increased substance use. And 11% seriously considered suicide. Which I know 11% doesn't sound like a lot, but that's just since June of 2020. 11% of Americans. So I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you think about it, like statistically, that's a pretty big increase for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of what it's coming from is it's talking about the physical distancing and stay-at-home orders. So if you, what are you doing? Nothing. Oh my God. <laughs> this is a very serious topic and you're flipping off the fucking universe. Um, but they're talking a lot about like the, the impact of the distancing and stay at home orders, which when you have someone who's already struggling with anxiety and depression and then you isolate them, mm-hmm. 
that's only going to increase those symptoms. Um, to assess mental health and suicidal ideation during the pandemic, there were panel surveys conducted um, from June 24th to 30th, 2020. And so overall, 40.9% of respondents reported at least one adverse mental or behavioral health condition. Um, and you kind of read those statistics a little bit. So the percentage of respondents who reported having seriously considered suicide 30 days before completing the survey was significant, significantly higher among 18 to 24-year-olds and racial and ethnic groups and unpaid caregivers for adults and essential workers. <laughs> so everybody. everybody. Okay, so let's talk about that, though. I want to talk specifically about essential workers first. Okay. Let's talk about the mental health of... Shit, let's start with our healthcare workers. Have you heard any data or, like, talked to any healthcare workers? I, when COVID... I mean, I'm not saying it's not bad now. In fact, it's worse. <laughs> but when it all started up and it was really, really bad... I would see a lot of videos of nurses just like in their cars sobbing after doffing, like just like sobbing and like, I can't do this anymore. Like hearing the fucking beeping when, when patients are dying, like it's just, it's a lot of loss for someone who works so hard to keep people alive every day. Yeah. So, and that fun times there. Well, so one of our friend's sisters um, is a nurse at like Cleveland Medical Clinic, I think. Um, so they were like in the in the height of it mm-hmm. down in Ohio. And she just like she would come home after working these long shifts and couldn't like she had a bucket outside of her door where she had to strip off all of her scrubs and then put them in the bucket. And then she would have to go inside and immediately shower. And then she would put everything in the washer and then go wash herself again before she could even see her children. And there are like doctors and nurses who weren't allowed to see their children because they were chronically exposed to COVID. And yes, granted, this was all prior to the vaccine. But even now, I mean, the the amount of loss and grief that these healthcare workers are experiencing on a daily basis and not having the time to process through what that looks like. Like, I'm, I'm sure they know that death is part of their job, but nobody could ever have predicted that they no. would be experiencing this much death this close together mm-hmm. all of the time. It's wild. So their mental health, obviously, um, probably is taking a hit. And the other one that I didn't even think about, unpaid caregivers for adults. Mm-hmm. So it's like you already are isolating and staying at home and you're not making money, but now you're caretaking another adult, which means they're higher risk. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine just the level of like stress that that would put on somebody? No. Um, so I, I can tell you that suicidal ideation and suicide attempts have actually increased among our healthcare workers specifically. Mm-hmm. I've read multiple stories about nurses who have died by suicide and their family members are like, they have to have access to mental health care. Mm-hmm. And they, it, they just don't not because they can't afford it, but because time. And also all of the mental health providers are fucking full. Mm-hmm. Anyway. 
<clears throat> I want to talk about the effects that having literally no contact with anybody has on your mental health. Okay. Because very clearly, <laughs> it's not well. Um, kiddos learning over Zoom, mm-hmm. therapy over Zoom. Yeah. I'm like a strong believer that therapy over Zoom is not. <laughs> it's not as effective. That's not it. No. <laughs> it's nice when you need it in a pinch, but long term, you cannot make that same connection that you make no. in person. You just no. can't. And so, yeah. I really, I think a lot about kiddos who those eight hours that they go to school are like the safest eight hours of their lives. Yeah. And then they come home and it's not safe anymore. So not only are Mm -hmm. they in an unsafe environment, but they have to learn on top of that, which is extremely stressful for such a young, young brain and heart to be dealing with. Yeah. Um, I also think about economic factors too. So like, so you have five kids at home. You only have one computer. Who's learning? Who gets the opportunity to go to school that day? Absolutely. You know, food. Sometimes parents can only afford the three months where they are feeding them lunch in yep. May, June, and July. Right. You know, and now they're having to feed them all throughout the year, all three meals. And that's just not going to work either, especially if your hours are cut because COVID. Yep. Well, and so... You know, we've, I don't know that we ever did an episode on COVID. I don't think we have. Um, but one thing that we're seeing too is rates of domestic violence and child abuse are increasing because people are isolated at home with their abusers. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times school is like that safe place or work was that safe place to where they could go in at least for eight hours. They were safe. Right. Um, so we have, we have all of these things happening, all of these factors that are playing into this. And it only makes sense that suicidal ideation and suicidal attempts would be up. Because mm-hmm. when we talked about risk factors for suicide, a lot of it was like isolating, increase in depressive symptoms, increase in anxiety symptoms, co-occurring diagnoses. Um, and those are all things that are starting to happen with COVID-19. And then you add in the increased substance use, which makes people more impulsive. So if you're isolated, and you're under the influence of a substance and your depression kicks in and then your anxiety kicks in and then you drink a little bit more and you're completely impulsive and then you're like, fuck it. Right. You know? So it's, it's just COVID-19 has made the perfect cocktail for people to plan and attempt suicide. Um, so there is a global study from actually July 23rd of this year. So, and this is on um, Suicide Prevention Resource Center. So there were some systematic reviews from 21 countries saying that in the first few months, there was not really an increase in suicide rates. However, in the last couple of months, suicide rates have drastically increased. Um, There needs to be some early recognition of mental health challenges. However, there hasn't been the increase of support and services necessary to address Mm -hmm. those challenges. Mm -hmm. So while they're saying like, yeah, obviously COVID-19 is increasing mental health concerns, we don't have the time, resources, and or funding to give you the resources you need to combat those. Mm -hmm. So we can detect them all day long, but that doesn't mean anything. Um, What have you seen in the high school, just with your students? 
I'm not going to be too very specific, but something that I see as a whole is that they're having to relearn all of these social skills, right? So social skills were already a a hard thing Mm -hmm. and then they get locked up for almost a year and then they're coming back and they have to almost reintegrate themselves into working with their peers, which I can't even imagine how hard it is because yeah. You just spent a year of not doing that. So you look at those social skills, you look at hygiene. Mm-hmm. Hygiene is a really big one. And then you know how kids are. If you don't have good hygiene, then you're going to get bullied. Yep. Grades plummeting. Yep. This and not now, but like over COVID. Yeah. That's a big thing that can happen, especially like learning online is hard. Mm-hmm. So then you look at their grades. Now they're stressed out about their grades. I mean, there's like a lot of factors here. Yeah. With kiddos in school. And I, I think that plays into a lot of, um, I also work with a lot of like adolescents and young adults and we're seeing a huge spike in crisis calls as well as, um, self-harm, self-harming behaviors mm-hmm. because of the levels of stress and anxiety put on by the pandemic because of all these other stressors. Um, Oh my God. They're fighting over empty food bowls. Just let them do their grumbles. <laughs> oh my God. <sighs> they sound like gorillas. God, what dicks. Um, oh, it's getting loud. But so the, the stressors are now increasing. Access to mental health care is the same, if not decreasing, because mm-hmm. mental health providers are full. Mm-hmm. It's going to increase the rates of self-harm and suicidal thoughts. Um, I want to say just in, cause we've been, how long have we been on crisis response? Like a year? Over a year. Over a year. Mm-hmm. I would, July was our first birthday. Uh-huh. I feel like we've had a huge uptick in crisis calls just within the last few months. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, COVID-19 is really bad in our area right now mm-hmm. with the Delta variant and all that. Like it's just bad in our area. And so I know a lot of um, the people that I work with are now saying things like, you know, I was doing okay. And then I had to quarantine for 14 days and now I'm behind on rent and like life just seems pointless. Mm -hmm. And they have such a hard time seeing the end of things because there's no timeline for COVID. There's not an end for it. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of like, well, this is just going to be a perpetual cycle. And what's the point? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's been kind of a hard thing. I know that like I personally have EPC'd more people in the last month then mm-hmm. we all have this month has been especially hard for sure well and it's hard to know if that's covid or the moon right now um Fucking retrograde the retrograde so this article is um the impact of covid19 pandemic on suicide and self-harm um patients presenting in er's um so this is specific to nepal actually And they're talking about self-harm and suicide are at its extreme. Like they have never seen this amount of individuals in their emergency department ever. Um, Oh my God. And this is particular during the lockdown period of March 24th to June 23rd, 2020. Um, And so what they're seeing is with their EMR, which is an electronic medical system, Um, the prevalence and clinical profile show a drastic increase by 71% in suicide and self-harm just during that lockdown, lockdown period. Wowza. Can you believe that? Yes. Well, yeah. (laughs) 
Valid. You know, and one thing we're noticing too is hospital beds are full. So when you do have someone in a suicidal crisis and you're trying to get them help, it is so freaking hard because there's no beds anywhere. Mm -hmm. And that's just not a rural Nebraska complaint. That's just like COVID is taking over our hospitals and there's not room for the other patients. So then we go into this cycle of like, well, not even the hospital cares about me. Like mm -hmm. right now they're trying to pump them in and out so fast that I can't tell you how many people I've had come out of a behavioral health state. And they're like, it was like, they just didn't even care. Mm -hmm. They're so tired that like, even when you're going to get care for your suicidal thoughts or a suicide attempt, you're not getting quality care. Yeah. Cause they're just so overwhelmed with patients in the first place. Yeah. I don't remember what we were talking about. <laughs> we got distracted. We did. We got distracted. Well, I had to let the dogs out because they were being douchebags. Um, tell me what you're drawing over there. Um, a few different things. Okay. I drew some lines. Then I drew an angry man flipping off whoever uh -huh, has some boogers uh -huh. coming out of his nose. Um, I have a Nike symbol that's inappropriate. And then I'm drawing flowers. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So there's not, obviously, there's not a lot of research on suicide because of COVID. A lot of it is more just kind of like what we've seen as mental health professionals, what other mental health professionals have seen. Yeah. Um, you know, especially because we both work in crisis response. It's just been one of those things that I can't tell you how many conversations about COVID I have to have when we're talking about crisis situations. Mm. Well, yeah. You know, there have been times where it's like, it's not necessarily COVID-19 directly. It's fear of contracting it because they're high risk. It's fear of a loved one contracting it because they're high risk. It's not being able to see grandparents because they're in nursing homes and they're on lockdown. Mm -hmm. It's losing loved ones to COVID. It's um, social isolation. It's financial strain. It's losing everything you've worked for because you can't go back to work and you can't work from home. Gosh. No, it's, it's loneliness and it's anxiety and it's depression. And it's, it's all of these things that have come about because of what's happened due to COVID-19 that have led to the increase in suicide rates. Yet here we are. And here we are. A year later, over a year later. Almost two years later. Isn't that crazy? And we're in the same. It's almost been two years and we have not moved at all. Yeah. Yep. So it's been, it's been interesting. We've actually talked about it in some of my supervision classes. We've talked about like what we've all seen as mental health providers and almost every single person, even the school counselors, because our, um, our program is school counselors and clinical together. Um, so even the school counselors are talking about like the effects that COVID is having on students and how now they're experiencing more suicidal ideations and higher rates of self-harm. Mm -hmm. Like one girl today was like, I don't know what's happening, but all of my clients are self-harming. Mm -hmm. And she's got like a significant caseload. And she's like, they're all, they're all self-harming now. And it's like, yeah. Yep. Because the, the rates of COVID are so high right now. Mm-hmm. So stressors are higher. And even if they're not higher for that particular person, if there's stress around them, mm -hmm. that can affect that you too. Yeah. So it's just been kind of a whirlwind. And Indeed that's, it has. 
that's that. Not a very um, light end to Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, is it? Sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, that being said, if you or anyone you know is struggling with thoughts of suicide, please reach out. Ask for help. The number for the Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. Or you can text HOPE to 741-741. Um, I think it's important that we that we have this month. Mm-hmm. There's so much we wanted to cover um, from the Indian reservations to veterans to like, there was so much that we wanted to do. So little time. No. I don't know why I said no. I, I was like, yeah. yes. Yeah. I meant yes, <laughs> but I was like, no, uh-uh. Well, and it's just like, it's one of those topics where you could find a different way to approach it almost every week mm-hmm. because it affects people so differently. Like it's not, no mental health condition is like a universal condition, you know, like it doesn't present in the same way and mm-hmm. nobody shows the same signs and nobody has the same risk factors or the same protective factors. Mm-hmm. So you just can't ever really predict it. All you can do is just be prepared and be educated, know the signs, know how to talk to somebody, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Hmm. Happy yes. end to suicide prevention awareness month. Yay. On a lighter note, (laughs) our birthday is coming up. I know. Okay, so you said you went back. When was 4th? October 4th. Serially? I think. Now I have to go back and double check. Well, we can do that, but are we going to do like an anniversary party? My God. Can we? I should. I don't think I'm on call that day. Are you on call October 4th? (laughs) She's a weed. Oh, October 10th. Oh. Well, one of us is definitely on call on October 10th. It's not me. It's probably me. I'm not even in town on October 10th. (sighs) Are you kidding me? Cancel your plans. This is obviously more important. (laughs) No. But so, yeah, we've almost officially been on for one year. That's crazy. Thanks to all of our listeners who've been there from the beginning. Don't get sappy yet. We have um, till October 10th. I'm just getting prepared. I'm practicing. Oh. Make sure you water yourself. You didn't do the quote. You have a quote? Yeah. I was going to say, because you were looking for one. God. Okay. Okay. Okay, so this is a C.S. Lewis quote. Mm -hmm. It says, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. Love. Okay, now you can do your thing. Make sure you water yourself and your friends. Goodbye.